From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm David Schultz. So a few weeks ago, we brought you an episode about how companies are now starting to buy cryptocurrencies and why this makes life really difficult for their accounting departments. Well, if you thought that was challenging, wait until you hear today's episode. Today, we're going to hear from Raj Mukherjee, the global head of tax for Binance US. Binance is a cryptocurrency exchange, and it's the largest one in the world. Raj is the unfortunate person who has to figure out the tax bill for a company that facilitates the transaction of one of the world's most volatile assets. Yikes. Raj spoke to Bloomberg tax reporter Hamza Ali about how he tackles this daunting task and about how the IRS is reaching out to cryptocurrency exchanges like his to get a better handle on, well, how to handle crypto. But first, he laid out how cryptocurrencies are taxed in the U.S. right now. I think taxation of crypto is a very interesting topic, and I think we're all sort of learning as we go, and so is the government. So I think that it's a, it's a challenging but exciting environment for everyone. So in the U.S. has been a little... Uh, interesting for the last few years because the Internal Revenue Service, or the IRS, really has been quiet um, for quite a long time, uh, except for two notices that they released. Um, But then the infrastructure bill that recently got signed into law by President Biden um, created uh, a new storm and a new, um, uh, you know, a lot of noise around new regulations. So, Currently, the exchanges actually have very minimal reporting requirements to customers, uh, for customers as well as the government, because right now crypto is treated as property, right? And property uh, sale and any gain from those sales are taxable income to the taxpayer. But the taxpayer in the U.S. has the responsibility to report that to the IRS. The actual exchanges do not. So the only area that exchanges have the obligation to report is if, for example, there are some fees involved or some rewards or something like that, then it's reported on a form called the 1099 miscellaneous, or as we call it, 1099 MISC, right? Beyond that, there's really no reporting requirement. What the infrastructure bill has done has changed that landscape forever. Uh, And there are a few areas that are worth mentioning. The first is it has changed the asset class for crypto. So starting January of 2023, crypto is no longer going to be property, it's going to be covered security, right? So this means that a lot of new information will have to be tracked, collected, and reported. The second thing it has done is it has changed the definition of who a broker is by including regulated exchanges amongst its definition. Now, in the traditional securities market in the U.S., 1099B or 1099 broker, right, is the form that's used for these sort of transactions. The IRS has actually not said to us yet uh, whether this form will have maybe an extra box or some manner of reporting for crypto transactions or whether they're actually going to create a new form for reporting. In the past, they've indicated both, right? They've said we could either customize the 1099B for crypto reporting, or we might think of a new form um, just for crypto transactions. So all of this is brand new. The The third thing is that the timeline is quite short. Generally in the U.S., if you look at uh, regulations in the past, like the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act, the IRS gave companies 18 to 24 months 
to enhance their systems, to change what they were collecting, to educate their customers and their internal stakeholders. Whereas here, we only have one year, which seems like a lot, but it really isn't. 12 months is not enough to get everything on par. Um, Has it sort of led to any um, administrative changes for you guys? Have you had to build any new systems to sort of um, take account of all these changes? Yes. So one of the things that I have to balance out when I look at the infrastructure and look at the policy and and how to comply is how much do we build in-house versus how much do we go out and, and get a vendor to do, right? In the U.S., there are certain vendors like there's one vendor called Taxbit. There's another uh, vendor called Cointracker. They are developing various tools to help us um, meet these regulations. But one of the challenges is that the regulations actually have not been released. So a lot of this is based on what we've heard from the IRS or what we've heard from the U.S. Treasury. And they are trying to build these systems sort of, again, based on those conversations. So... When I say we have 12 months, we may have less than 12 months, depending on when these regulations are actually released. To sort of take a slightly wider lens, um, next year, the OECD is going to release a report on, um, you know, what the sort of best practice for um, countries looking for this type of reporting is. What are you hoping will be in there? And are there sort of any, any, any pieces of advice that you would give to the authors <laughs> of this report? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think the OECD needs to consider the full implications worldwide of crypto assets and formulate rules accordingly, right? If you look at month of October in 2020, for example, the market capitalization for crypto was about $390 billion. And in the same time period, there were over 10 million transactions. So we're looking at some massive transaction level information. Um, the, the OECD should also look at the traditional qualification characteristics um, uh, to assess appropriate tax treatment of crypto. For example, many of its members already have existing frameworks for treating crypto as property. Um, and this would make their lives a lot easier because they wouldn't have to reinvent the wheel, right? They could take advantage also of comprehensive guidance that has already been provided by some of the other governments out there that are members of the OECD. For example, the HMRC in the UK has some very, very effective guidance um, out there on, on crypto. And I think they need to have a clear intent behind the rules when asking exchanges or industry actors to provide reports and information. So, for example, who do they want the information on? Do they want someone who trades 100 euros worth of crypto? Or do they want the big guns that are day traders and have millions and millions of transactions? What type of data do they want? Uh, Transaction level or aggregate? And why? Transaction level data can be massive, massive data dumps, right? And not only is that challenging for the exchanges to provide to the government, but the government has to then spend time and resources in going through the data, figuring out what the important parts are. Aggregate reporting makes life a lot easier because you're just providing summaries, right? And then if the government looks at a certain number of taxpayers and the summaries of this information and they want to dig deeper into some of those taxpayers, then it's easier to formulate and produce that information both from the exchange side but also from consumption on the other side, right? So it's important to have clarity around this and uh, we, otherwise we run into massive, massive challenges. 
Uh, and I guess beyond reporting, um, what are the, the big challenges that are facing the crypto space at the moment when it comes to tax? Yeah, so I think I want to address it from sort of the industry purpose side of things, but also I empathize with where the government agencies are. And I think they are facing some massive challenges that they have to formulate rules around. So from the industry side, I think one of the things that I you know keep harping on is we need clear rules and definitions. Transparency is absolutely key. If we do not have transparency, it's very hard to be in compliance or very hard to set up rules and procedures internally that produce the information that the government wants. I think the reasonability of implementation timelines, which I've already mentioned, is also important because things don't happen overnight. Most firms work in quarters in terms of like, developing and enhancing technologies and changing systems and rules and procedures, it takes at least two to three quarters to, to implement this and test it and make sure everybody understands you know, what the end result is to be successful. So I think implementation timelines and allowing industry to have the right amount of time to create this process is important. The other thing also is that it's important to understand that the various assets behave differently. So a one-size-fits-all rule will not work. Um, there are, and then there are practical issues for implementing rules being currently talked about for actors that are outside of regulated exchanges, such as DeFi protocols, miners, um, and assets like NFTs. So these are some of the things that are challenging from the industry side. From the regulator side, I completely empathize that it's really hard for them to keep up. The pace of innovation in this industry is extremely fast. And there's, a, and there's a short window between ideation to market. So by the time the regulators understand a certain set of assets and products and want to make rules on that, there is a whole other set of assets and products out there that consumers are ready to consume. So I can empathize on how it's hard to keep up for them with making rules that fit all of these different asset types. It's also tough to create a single comprehensive framework to be adopted sometimes in organizations like the OECD because there are multiple countries involved, multiple jurisdictions. They have their own individual frameworks for data collection and revenue rules. So I sympathize with the OECD, for example, uh, where it has to take into account more than 100 jurisdictions when it's trying to make rules. And then each of these jurisdictions will then have to take these rules and implement them within their own systems. The other challenging as aspect of this is Crypto is a very volatile asset, right? So valuation of that asset is a challenge. For example, price for the same asset on a given day may not be the same in various exchanges. As a matter of fact, it is a common practice for those involved in crypto buy-sell to buy crypto in one exchange because that's the right price for them and then see another exchange where it is selling for a higher price in, on the same day transfer that asset and sell it on the other exchange. So valuation is a difficult aspect to look into. And also, unlike traditional markets, there's really no clearing mechanisms to help normalize these price fluctuations. So it is difficult for the regulators to be able to control that landscape. And finally, something I've mentioned before, which is decentralized markets. There is no third party here. So how will reporting of information be done to the government? Who's going to be responsible for this reporting? what is going to be the accountability factor here? Because there is no third party, right? 
And then the final thing I will mention is um, an asset type that I've, I've talked before, which is NFTs, right? Which is all the rage these days. Characterization and valuation is so different and identifying a single tax treatment of NFTs is a major challenge for governments, right? For example, artists that are selling NFTs uh, might consider the token received in return as ordinary income subject to self-employment taxes in the U.S., for example. However, if the NFTs are using galleries, right, then it is royalty income for the galleries. So you can see that one size fits all treatment will not work for something like NFTs. And there's also marketplaces that bring together buyers and sellers and galleries. So the tax treatment there would be very different. So for a regulator, even based on a single asset type, it is extremely challenging to create rules that will fit everyone. That was Raj Mukherjee, the global head of tax for Binance US, speaking with Hamza Ali. And that's it for today's Talking Tax. You can find up-to-the-minute news and the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. Today's Talking Tax was produced by myself, David Schultz. Patrick Ambrosio is our editor, and our executive producer is Josh Block. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. The number of words in the tax code is estimated to be 1 million about the same length as the entire Harry Potter series. Add in IRS regs, rev rulings, and case law, and it can be a lot. We all need a little help to sort it out. Each week on the Tax Girl Podcast, I talk to the best in the business. And these aren't crazy technical dives. They're interesting and easy to digest looks at topics that matter to you. It's all that you need to stay ahead on the most important tax issues. You can subscribe to the podcast for free on taxgirl.com because paying taxes is painful, but hearing about them shouldn't be.